You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. On yesterday's Sci-Fi 5, your host, Ryan, promised that you'd never hear about a meteor hitting Earth again. That was a lie. Well, at worst it was a lie. At best, it was a misleading truth. You see, on this very day in 2010, just one day after Meteor Apocalypse was released, the Sci-Fi Channel production Quantum Apocalypse premiered, as if there were some sort of race to put out low-budget disaster mockbusters about things from space threatening Earth. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for February 24th. At one time, the Sci-Fi Channel was primarily a place for network classics, with a few fan favorites like Mystery Science Theater 3000 thrown in for good measure. Years later, the ambition of projects like Ronald Moore's Battlestar Galactica put the channel on the map as a creative force to be reckoned with. That golden age was occurring just as another trend was sweeping the ever-expanding cable landscape and the last gasps of home video on shiny discs. The Mockbuster had taken root. The Mockbuster was intended to lure an unsuspecting audience into a couple of hours of entertainment with familiar stories retold for a fraction of the original's budget. You weren't getting Transformers, you were getting Transmorphers. Apply any genre or trope to something that can be quickly cranked out, and you have a mockbuster. Sci-Fi Channel by this time had decided to firmly support this production model, and while some, like Sharknado, broke through into pop culture consciousness for a minute, most others did not. Thus, a movie like Quantum Apocalypse is made, and still exists, and can still be watched, if you have the internal constitution to do so. A thing is blazing a path through our solar system, an anomaly of some sort that could be mistaken for a comet, and it makes a detour to Mars, knocking out the rover before heading to Earth. It's a quantum mass, a cloud, a singularity, a rift, a... well... Nobody's really sure what it is, but when you put the word quantum into place, you know it's got to be science. What we do know is that it's going to rip up the Earth, cause tidal waves, mess with the gravity, and end life as we know it. If only some misfits can save the day. As you might guess, the creative team behind Quantum Apocalypse share a number of credits, primarily the quickly produced fare that made it to air on sci-fi and then sold to international distributors and still found life in the home video market. It was always quantity over quality, but that didn't prevent them from bringing in some recognizable faces. In front of the camera, Babylon 5's Peter Jurisic appears here as the president. We've also got Farscape's Gigi Edgeley as one of those renegade scientists with an idea so crazy it might just save the world. The small town mayor, played by Randy Mulkey, is in a new relationship with a woman played by Sarah Connor Chronicles and Galactica co-star Stephanie Jacobson. Then there's actor-turned-producer Rhett Giles, turning in a pretty strong performance as the mayor's savant brother, who, like Rain Man, has trouble with social cues, but unlike Rain Man, knows particle physics better than just about anyone else, including the top scientists at NASA. Oh, 
nope, scratch that. It's not NASA, but rather the USSA, United States Space Agency, because we had better not get ourselves into a fair use litigation given the limits on budget here. No, the special effects aren't good, and no, the hammy attempts at personal relationships mostly don't work. Also, no, the pacing doesn't save the movie with any sort of riveting action. Furthermore, no, you won't be anything more than just confused when the changing gravity allows a couple of people to throw a car and makes a house bend like rubber but doesn't seem to have any discernible effect on humans. Is a movie like Quantum Apocalypse and Yesterday's Meteor Apocalypse good? No. Is it meant to be enjoyed as a so-bad-it's-good slice of genre cheese? Maybe. Now that the audience has been punished, so too will Ryan for his transgression. On behalf of the podcast and everyone involved, we're sorry. This has been five minutes of science fiction history, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for February 24th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.